two passages of Scripture this morning. Judges chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, and then Judges chapter 16, verse 1 through 4. Judges 14 and Judges 16. Judges chapter number 14, verse 1 through 4. And then Judges chapter 16, verse 1 through 4. Everybody there? Amen. Judges 14, verse 1 through 3. And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren? Among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines. And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. Chapter 16, verse 1 through 4. Then went Samson to Gaza and saw there an harlot and went in unto her. And it was told the Gezites, saying, Samson is come hither. And they compassed him in and laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city and were quiet all the night, saying, In the morning, when it is day, we shall kill him. And Samson laid till midnight and arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of a hill that is before Hebron. And it came to pass afterwards that he loved the woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And I want to minister to you today from this thought, beware of gradualism. Beware of of gradualism. Father, we love you today. God, your spirit is so sweet to us. We exalt you this morning. We thank you for your kindness, O God, and your love towards us. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet heavenly dove, stay with us. Let us not leave the way that we came, but let us leave changed, renewed, and refreshed. And we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. And you may be seated. Beware of gradualism. Gradualism is the slow and gradual change that happens over a somewhat slow period of time. The gradual change may be so that others will be accepted or slowly remove policies and procedures that some do not like or to increase prices. For example, when I was a kid, Gasoline was anywhere between 15 and 25 cents a gallon. But now, depending on where you live, gasoline could be up to $5 a gallon. But it didn't just get that way by jumping that high all at once. 
if you notice what they do with gasoline is they increase the price slowly. They may add a dime here or 15 cents here. And then as people begin to complain, what they do is they drop it back down, maybe a nickel, and you feel like, okay, they're dropping the gas prices again. And then before you know it, it goes up again another dime or another 15 cents. And you complain, and so they drop it back down a nickel. But what are they doing? They're slowly increasing the price because they know that if they did it all at once, you would be outraged and you would not accept it. And that's how it is. We have to wear, beware of gradualism. See, because there's an end state that is trying to be reached, and so we have to be aware that these things, the enemy will try to bring things in gradually. That's how people get in the debt. It's not a all of a sudden boom and you're in debt. It's usually a slow progression. That's why they want you to have credit cards now because the enemy's goal is to slowly draw you into debt, to slowly get you to a point to where you're over your head in debt because the enemy of your soul knows that when he can get you to a point in, in indebtedness, it will begin to destroy your relationship with God. It will begin to destroy your marriage or destroy your family or turn you into a liar, a thief, and a cheat. Uh, his overall goal is to rob you of your joy and your peace and your happiness. And in some cases, his desire is to cause you to commit suicide and to take your own life. If, I don't know if you've noticed, we, we, we are all now been deceived by the enemy with the so-called eye devices and cell phones. And every one of us now have that thing in his life. Now they have us that where we can't do without it. Uh, it was a gradual process that they brought it in. Uh, if you notice, it slowly kind of snuck in. A few people had it, and the next thing you know, then others feel like we had to have it as well. And so we all of a sudden we have now got on this train of the eye devices, and it's picking up speed. It's kind of like a snowball that is rolling down the hills and I was sitting and reading a magazine last night and pretty soon they're coming out with another device uh, called the 5G and it's going to be a lot faster and you can get stuff just like this uh, and it's already hitting the markets and people are starting to go after it uh, but what is the end state? How much would it cost? Uh, if you stop and think right now most cell phones uh, remember when we started with the cell phones, uh, we could get out a plan, and we could have a plan with the cell phones, uh, but then all of a sudden the plan is gone, and now you've got to spend seven or eight hundred dollars for your cell phone, and then they keep your monthly bills, and notice this was a slow process, and now the 5G and moving on is going to be the same because they've got you to where they once realize you need it. Uh, and as a result, because some people don't have discipline, uh, they know they're going to go out there and because children has them as well. The average home can find themselves on a monthly basis putting out five or six thousand dollars uh, more than what you could ever bring in in the job that you're working with minimum 
wages. Uh, and so what will happen here pretty soon because uh, people cannot afford the, these eye devices, they will begin to steal. They will begin to fight. They will begin to lie. They will begin to rob people's homes uh, to try to be able to maintain what they are used to. It's a gradual process. It's a big end state. It's the same way with gambling. It's a slow progression. When the lottery first came out, if you remember, if you can look back that way, it was just uh, a little bit here, a little bit there. And now his big casinos has been... You know, when I was a kid, they used to talk about Vegas. And, you know, everybody go to Vegas, one place, Vegas. Now you got Atlantic City. You got boats uh, everywhere. The stores, you walk in to buy your groceries. Uh, you know, you stop and think about it. It was a slow progression. It was a slow implementation of this gradual thing that begins to take place. And now many people are hooked on gambling and it's, it's, it's starting to pull them and pull their, their their hearts away from the things of God. And people miss church to, to go to the gambling casinos. Uh, people miss church because they want to make sure that they can see if they won the lottery. They're constantly following uh, the stock market and all these things. It's a gradual procession, amen, that begins to draw people down. It's a gradual thing that gets into your heart. I can remember when I first start drinking as a young boy, amen, it didn't just happen all once that I became an alcoholic. It was a slow progression. I can remember as a kid, this old guy that lived up in the field behind us in North Carolina where we lived, he would come down to visit my parents, uh, and in his pocket, he had a pint uh, of what was called banana brandy, and, and it tastes like bananas, and it smelt like bananas, but it was alcohol, uh, and he was sat on the front porch, uh, and he would talk to my parents, uh, and he was steady drinking his banana brandy, and all of a sudden, one day, I asked him for a drink, uh, and he took a little cap like this, uh, and he poured a little bit of it in that cap, uh, and he gave it to me and my parents didn't stop him from giving it to me and as a result I took it and I began to like the taste of it uh, and what that did is it got into my heart uh, and as a result uh, it was a slow progression it was a slow gradual move uh, that every time I saw him I knew he had some and so I would always ask him to give me a drink uh, and he would give me a drink uh, and he went from the cap uh, to the bottle. Uh, I was able now to drink out of his bottle with him. Uh, and so as a result, uh, then pretty soon uh, I was able to work uh, to begin to buy my own. Uh, I began to buy my own bottle. I began to, uh, to get my own beer. Uh, I began to make my own wine. I, I began to listen to people talk uh, and how to make alcohol. Uh, and I knew how to do it all. Uh, and as a result, it was a slow progression that began to move forward. And the next thing I know in my life, I couldn't do without it. I 
had to have a drink uh, every day. I had to have a drink, and I was finding myself uh, spending my hard-earned money, amen, to buy alcohol to support my need. Uh, if God hadn't got in my life uh, when he did, uh, if God hadn't came in and delivered me when he did, uh, I don't know where I would be today. I could either be dead uh, or I could be behind bars uh, because alcohol began uh, to cause me to lie, to cheat, uh, to steal, to do things uh, that I knew I shouldn't be doing uh, because that's the goal of the enemy is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. There's a gradual progression. Uh, we have to realize and beware of gradualism. It's those little things uh, that begin to take place. Uh, the Bible tells us uh, that Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. Uh, amen. It wasn't long before you see it was a gradual process. Uh, he pitched his tent that way. And the next thing you know, Sodom, uh, amen, is more pleasing to him than the plains of Jordan where he was. Uh, and he finds himself uh, down inside of the perversion. He finds himself in a city of ill repute. He finds himself down. Peter says he vexed his soul from day to day with the filthy conversation of the wicked. It was a gradual process. Y'all don't know if you know it or not, but the LBGT community, amen, and the same-sex marriage community, it's a gradual process that they're bringing in. It's the end state that we don't see that they're trying to do. See, they're not going to throw it at you all at once because there's too many of us that believe in the Word of God that will stand up. So what are they doing? They're targeting your children now in school because they know that within the five to six, the seven and eight years from now, it would be those kids that is at a level that is able to vote and to bring the policy into position. Amen. As Daniel said, he will speak great words against the Most High and wear out the sinks of the Most High and to think to change times and the laws. See, it's a progress. It's a slow progress that they put in place. But when that snowball begins to rain, it's going to pick up more steam. So that's why they're targeting your children. It's because, as I said, in four to five to six to seven to eight years from now, it'll be them that is doing the voting. And they will be so accustomed to it that they'll just say yes. And then it's in place. We have to be aware of this gradualism, this downward trend. The same way with socialism. Amen. I'm not speaking politics or anything, but I'm trying to help us to have an understanding. See, it's, it may not come into fruition right now, but down the road, five, six, seven, eight years later, it's going to happen because it's already on that train. Amen. It's on that track and it's moving forth. 
Paul says to 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should be a, get an advantage uh, of us, for, for we're not ignorant uh, of his devices. Uh, thank God for the Word of God, uh, which has already given us an understanding uh, of what's going to take place. Uh, so what should you and I do? Uh, Paul says we need to build up ourselves uh, on our most holy faith, uh, praying in the Holy Ghost. Uh, we need to keep a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to stand fast in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. If you have been delivered, if you have been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on the things of this earth. Amen. We're going to a better place. But we still need to be warned that the enemy's goal is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We must put on the whole armor of God so that we're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen. These are demonic forces that's roaming around. Peter says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is walking about as a royal lion. Seeking whom he may devour, whom resists. You stand fast in the faith. You've got to be strong. You've got to hold on. This day also in the last days, the perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own self, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. We've got to stand strong and beware of gradualism. Hallelujah. See, this enemy of your soul is walking around as a roaring lion. See, a professional hunter just don't go out and shoot any deer. He tracks the big deer. See, he's out there. He may go stand out in the woods with his binoculars and see what is passing by. And he see one that he'd go, whoa, that's a big one. That's the one I need. See, a professional hunter just don't want any head on his wall. See, anybody can have a deer head on his wall. You're not going to get a lot of conversation with just any deer head on your wall. See, a professional hunter wants the big rat. He wants the big head so that when people come, they can talk about, whoa, man, where'd you get that one? How long did it take you to get him? To have your story right. You see, that's what the enemy wants. He don't care about the people out there. He's got them already. He's concerned about you that are in the church. He's concerned about you that call yourself apostolic. He's concerned about you that's been born again. So he's slowly tracking you. He's slowly following you to wait to lay a snare. Amen. So he can get you. So he can put you on his 
well so that when his demons buddies come to visit him, he can say, yes, I got this one. That was a big one. That was one that had been serving God for a long time. That was one that I snored after. That was the one that I wanted. I followed him. And slowly I began to implement a plan that began to get him. Amen. I don't know if you've ever read C.S. Lewis's book, The, the Screw Tape Letters, but if you ever get a hold of it, his letters written by the demon to another demon, how to get a hold of the children of God and to take them away. Amen. It's a slow progress to show him how to do it and what he should be doing to captivate you, to pull you away from God, to destroy you. We have to be careful and beware of gradualism. Absalom gave his son. Don't know if you've ever watched how he did this. In 2 Samuel 15, the Bible puts it this way. Verse 1, And it came to pass after this, that Absalom prepared himself chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. 50 men running before you. You know what that is called? It's called a bodyguard. Kind of like where your president gets secret service running before his cars and around his cars. See, old Bible principles always resurface. That's what they're called, bodyguards. And as a result, he says, an Absalom, notice, he rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man that had a controversy came to the king for judgment, Then Absalom called him to him and said, Oh, what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is of one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matter are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear you or hear thee. Absalom said, Moreover, oh, that I was made judge in the land, that every man which have any suit or cause might come unto me, and I would do him justice. And it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do obeisance, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Notice the slow process. And it came to pass after 40 years that Absalom said unto the king, I pray thee, let me go and pay my vows which I have vowed unto the Lord in Hebron. For thy servant vowed a vow while I abode at Gersher in Syria, saying, If the Lord shall bring me again indeed to Jerusalem, when I then I will serve the Lord. And the king said unto him, Go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron. But Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom reign in Hebron. And with Absalom went two hundred men 
men out of Jerusalem and were called and they went in their simplicity and they knew not anything. And Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilonite, David's counselor from his city, even from Giloah. While he offered sacrifice and the conspiracy was strong for the people increased continually with Absalom. And there came a messenger to David saying, the hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. And David said unto all his servants that was with him in Jerusalem, arise and let us flee for we shall not else escape from Absalom. Make speed to the part lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us and smite the city with the edge of the sword. Notice the slow process. Amen. He stood by the wayside and as a result, when people would come by, he would talk to them and he would kiss them and say, oh, if I was just a judge, if I was just in charge, hey, I would make sure your case would be heard and I would help you out. Notice the process and then notice the period of time that it takes place after it reached the plateau where he wanted. Amen. He elevated himself and he tried to steal his father's kingdom. He tried to take the kingdom away from his father David. All because of this gradual process. We have to beware, amen, of this absolute spirit. It is a deceptive spirit. It is a spirit that will try to get you to follow it. It is a slow process that men try to put into place to take away from others the things of God. You have to be careful, amen, of this gradualism, this downward trend that it begins to flow. Amen. You miss one church service, and pretty soon you miss another church service, and pretty soon you miss another. Another is a slow process uh, where you get to the point uh, that church isn't important uh, anymore. You say, I can just stay home. Uh, and as a result, uh, that's what the enemy wants uh, you to do. You must beware of gradualism. Uh, like a snowball that start going down a hill, it began to pick up steam. It began to pick up more. It gets bigger and bigger. So you've got to be careful, my brothers and my sisters. Beware of gradualism because it will take you away from where God is trying to take you. Paul says, I marveled that you're so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of God unto another gospel. Whereas there is no other gospel, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached unto you. He says, you let them be a curse. I said it once, and so I say again, that we are an angel from heaven. Preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached unto you. Let him be a curse. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you must love him with all your heart and your mind and your strength. You must repent of your sins. You must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you better receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you, to your children and to all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Beware.
of gradualism. According to the Barner Group and the Covenant Eyes about pornography, this thing was a slow, gradual process. You used to, when I was young, Playboy, Playgirl, all that stuff, those magazines they had behind the counter. But now they put them right in the checkout line. Listen to the statistics from the Barner Group and the Covenant Eyes. See, it used to be just guys. Listen. Statistics reveal that a rapid spread of pornography cannot be ignored. But it is not just a problem affecting men, but women, teenagers, and children are also being caught in the web of pornography at an alarming rate. Many Christians may assume that the church is immune. They see the smiling faces of the people who attend their church. Certainly, such godly folks could not be viewing pornography. But many studies and reports have come out over the last several years that show quite a disturbing picture. Not only has pornography invaded the churches, but in many cases the statistics shows that Christians and even church pastors engage in viewing porn at almost the same rate as secular population. What's the number show? The research studies primarily by the reveal the initial explosion of porn begins in childhood and progresses. Access to porn is increasingly easily due to the internet and wide variety of formats now available such as printed materials, DVDs, television, and more. Over 40 million Americans are regularly visitors to porn sites. The average visit lasts 6 minutes and 29 seconds. There are around 42 million porn sites with total around 370 million pages of porn. The porn industry annual revenue is more than the NFL, the NBA, the Major League Baseball combined. It is also more than the combined revenue of ABC, CBS, and NBC with an average of $12 billion annually. 47% of families in the United States report that pornography is a problem in their home. Pornography use increased the marital infidelity rate by more than 300%. 11-year-olds is the average age that a child is exposed to porn, and 94% of children will see porn at least by the age of 14. 56% of American divorces involve one party having an obsessed interest in pornographic websites. 70% of Christian youth pastors reported that they have had at least one teen come to them for help in dealing with pornography in the last 12 months. 68% of church-going men over 50% 50 of pastors review porn on a regular basis. Of young Christians, adults 18 to 24 years old, 76% actively search for porn. 59% of pastors say that married men seek for help for porn use. 33% of women aged 25 and under search for porn at least once per month. 
Only 13% of self-identifying Christian women say they never watch porn. 87% of Christian women have watched porn. 54% of married men and 25% of married women say they watch porn at least once a month. 57% of pastors say porn addiction is the most damaging issue in their congregation. And 69% says porn had adversely impacted the church. So what should we do? Notice this gradual downward. Notice the end state, the destruction that the enemy has brought through these things. Put on, therefore, the elect of God, bowels of mercy, holiness, purity. Amen. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? But taking heed, therefore, according to thy word, with the whole heart have I sought thee, David said. Oh, let me not wonder from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. We've got to beware of gradualism. And we've got to hide the word of God in our lives. Amen. If we're going to stay on course and reach the destination that God has called us to. Paul says, know ye not. That the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor idolatrous, nor effeminates, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you've been washed, but you've been sanctified. But you've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Be not unoakly yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light? with darkness and what concord have Christ with Belial or what part have he that believe with an infidel and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols for you are the temple of the living God as God said I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people wherefore come up from among them saith the Lord and be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, said the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, professed in holiness and the fear of God. The writer of Hebrews 2.1 says, therefore, we ought to give the most earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we shall let them slip. For if the words spoken by angels were steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto them that heard him? Amen. Beware 
of gradualism. Samson, our dear friend Samson. Samson had a vow from his before he was ever born. He was called to be a Nazarite. His hair was never to be cut. He was never drink anything. God had a purpose for Samson. But what happened? We find that Samson went down to Timnah. And he saw a woman in Timnah. The daughters of the Philistines, the uncircumcised Philistines. Where we heard that from? David. Notice the progression. He wants her. And then he goes down to Gaza. And he sees another harlot. And he goes in and he's hanging out with her. And then Delilah. Notice the slow progression. What happens when it's all said and done? They get the secret from Samson of his strength. And they cut off his hair. And once they cut off his hair, the Bible says Samson don't even know that the spirit has departed from him. Next, they put his eyes out. Now he can't see. Then they make him like an ox to grind out grain going around. I don't know if you've ever seen one of them before. But he's going around and he's had this pull, this big wheel that's grinding out the grain. And then they put him into prison and they use him as sport. They make fun of him. And in the end... All Samson can do is pray as his hair start to grow back that God would revenge him for his eyes that the Philistines had put out. And God honors his prayer. He pushes that building down. And all those Philistines is killed. But Samson is killed as well. The end state. Of his gradualism. Was death. When it should have been. Victory. Should have been. Look what I did. For God. But he lost his life. In state. Gradualism always usually has. A negative in state. At the end. They killed him. Jesus says, the thief come not but for the steal, to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they may have life and that more abundantly. Let's stand this morning. Paul to the church of Galatia, he says, Stand fast in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yokes of bondage. You know where you were before you ever became a Christian. Like I said, my story, I know where I was. I know where the enemy had me. 
and how God set me free. So I would be a complete fool to go back to that that I know is going to kill me. I don't know where you are today in your walk with God. I don't know where God has delivered you from. But I think you'd be pretty crazy to go back that way. So you need to make up your mind. As Jesus said, you need to settle some things in your mind. I'm not going back. I'm not going back that direction. So we have to beware of gradualism. Those little things that seems to try to pull you back. There's those little things that the enemy knows that if he keeps doing it, he'll, he, you'll go after it and he'll keep pulling you, pulling you back. You compromise here a little bit. You compromise there a little bit. And as a result, before you know it, you're gone. So you have to be aware of that and not let gradualism pull you away. Father, we praise you. Forever, O God, you are light. Forever, O Lord, you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever think. God, you know every heart. You know every mind, O God. I pray, Lord, that none of those under the sound of my voice, God, will be drawn away by that deceptive Absalom spirit. I know that the enemy will try, O God, to pull hearts and pull at minds and tug at hearts through others, O God, to try to pull them away from your truth and from who you are, O God. I pray that you would give you those under the sound of my voice and those on the airways, O God, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, O God. Many has walked away, O God. Many has been drawn away, O God. Many has become the enemy's trophies on his wall, O God. And they're wondering what has transpired and what has happened, O Lord. Give the people in the sound of my voice, O God, today wisdom and knowledge and understanding that they will stand firm and stand strong, O God, in you in all things. Keep your hand over them, Lord. Comfort them. Let them walk with you, Jesus. Hold their hands, O God. Don't let them slip, O God. Let them be sensitive to your spirit. Let them be sensitive to your power. Anytime anything of the world tries to tug at their hearts, God, may they look unto you, the author, and the finish of their faith, O God. May they lift their voices and call out for your name, O God. For your name is a strong tower, God, you said, and the righteous can run into it and be safe. Touch them today, Lord, I pray. Guide them, Lord. Guide them, O Lord, I pray. Guide them. Praise God. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you want a closer walk with God. Maybe you realize that you're starting to go down the wrong path. Amen. And maybe you need strength in your bodies. Maybe you need to hold the God's unchanging hands. We're opening these altars again this morning. Amen. Amen. Right where you are. Amen. If you feel that you need a touch from God to grab a hold of his hand. Amen. Feel him reaching out to you right now. Feel him reaching down to you. Amen. Share with him those things that has been pulling at your heart that try to take you away. Amen. 
allow God an opportunity to restore to you the joy of his salvation and to uphold you with his free spirit this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Beware of gradualism, brothers and sisters. Beware of gradualism. It's a slow process.